Welcome back to Blazing Trails. I'm Michael Revo from Salesforce Studios. And today we're going to continue our August showcase of shows from our Salesforce podcast network. And I'm so excited to share the Salesforce-sponsored show, Marketing Trends. It features interviews with trailblazing marketers, CMOs, CEOs, all kinds of Cs, VPs, and industry leaders. But what's special is these conversations are a treasure trove of marketing goodness directly from some of the best marketers out there. And today I've got my good friend, Stephanie Postles, creator of the show and CEO of Mission.org, here to tell us all about it. Welcome to the show, Stephanie. Thank you. So great to be here, Michael. All right. Well, tell us a little bit more about Marketing Trends. What should we expect from the show? Yeah. So Marketing Trends, it's the number one show for anyone who works in or is interested in the marketing field. We just passed over a million downloads and we have over 300 episodes to check out. It's a lot of content. So on the show twice a week, we talk to some of the top CMOs around the world from brands like Lego, Vonage, Fiverr, Caldwell Banker, and a ton more. They share a lot of really good, juicy insights and best practices, and we get to find out where the industry is headed as a whole, which is super fun. Yeah, that's really cool. I mean, that's an incredible network of people that you've talked to over the years. Just tell us a little bit about how you choose your guests, how you get in touch with them about that process. Yeah. So we, of course, always start by looking at Fortune 500. The people who are leading those companies have a lot of good stories to tell and a lot to learn there. So that's kind of where we start. But then also digging into, you know, some of the younger startups, younger companies, because they also have a lot of good insights. They're able to move really quick and try things and test things out in a different way. So anyone who's got a good, great story or is working for a really good brand, we want to learn for them and we invite them on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I know since our audience is listening to a podcast and interested in podcasting, just can you tell us a little bit about your journey, the mission's journey too with podcasting? I'd love to hear just a little bit about that. Yeah. So back in 2017, we actually started as a medium publication and we were writing some articles on there, one of which was called The Story. We started um, a really fun piece of content there telling the unknown backstory of people who changed the world. It did really well in written format. And that was when we kind of had an aha moment to put it into a podcast form. And so that podcast, it was actually sponsored by Salesforce, our first show ever. We brought it to you guys and said, hey, do you want to sponsor this show? It's going to look and feel like something like this. For some reason, you guys said yes. And we were off to the races. It won a bunch of awards. It has celebrity narrators like Alec Baldwin, Jeffrey Wright. And then from there, we just continue to build out our podcast network. So now we're at about 17 podcasts, essentially covering the entire C-suite. A lot of good business content there. And yeah, Salesforce is an amazing sponsor for many of the shows within our network, which is amazing. Wonderful. Well, we've uh, enjoyed being along for the journey and we're excited to share this episode today. So we're going to hear a conversation with Nadja Bellin-White. She's the CMO of Vice Media Group. Before Vice, she was at Ogilvy, where she was the CEO of Ogilvy Africa. She's led brand work with Dove, which was some really culturally uh, impactful and significant campaigns, as well as work for American Express, IKEA, Coca-Cola, and many others. She really knows her stuff. Stephanie, tell us a little bit more about this conversation. Yeah, so Naja is Vice Media's first global CMO, which is huge. And on the episode, she details why she was so excited to accept the challenge of running a marketing team trusted with pushing Vice's vast portfolio forward. Plus, she also detailed why marketers are in the midst of a renaissance and they must alter the way that data powers their decision making. We hear this time and time again on all of our shows around, you know, there's data all around us and how do you actually harness it and get good insights from it. And so she really went into uh, the weeds detailing how to do that as a marketer. 
The other interesting thing in the episode was all around demographics and how, you know, Gen Z is so different than boomers and a smart marketer has to know how to look at that data and actually make, you know, actionable moves off of that data to be able to connect with their audience in a different way. So yeah, she was really interesting, such a good episode and just really fun. Yeah, Stephanie, it's so interesting how so many of the conversations and what marketers are trying to solve right now is being able to look at the data, understand it, act on it, and create something that's going to be compelling, some good storytelling out of that data. Uh, and that's a lot of what you learn on, on many of these episodes and hearing it from different angles. So today, we're going to hear from Nadja Bellin-White, the CMO of Vice Media Group, talking about that issue and why marketers are in the midst of this renaissance. Let's hear it now. Welcome to Marketing Trends. I'm Ian Faison, host of Marketing Trends, and today we are joined by special guest, Nadja. How are you? How are you, Ian? Nice to meet you. Yeah, great to meet you as well. Great to have you on the show today. So excited to chat about Vice, talk about your background, and everything in between. So how'd you get started in marketing? It's a long story, but I'm going to make it short. Let's just say I started out in consulting at Price Waterhouse and ended up working at IBM. And just to date myself, for those of you out there that might be of a slightly older but sexier generation, I remember being quite frustrated with some people at IBM because I was in charge of trying to figure out how they can sell direct to consumers using something called a new platform called the Internet, selling direct to consumers. Yeah. And it was a bit frustrating because at the time there were some naysayers who were like, yeah, this thing about doing everything with this channel, are we sure this is going to take off? <laughs> Little did we know that it actually would end up transforming the way we live and work. And then from there, I ended up going to the agency side, um, largely around digital and technology and innovation. So I was quite fortunate to be ahead of the curve, um, helping to create trends and anticipate them with big clients like American Express. There's a young group we worked with called Coldplay before they were big <laughs> and Kanye West before, you know, and John Legend and Sting and Ellen and Jerry Seinfeld. And we did all these amazing, innovative works using digital and technology at a time when many kind of looked at it as that other thing over there. And then from there, just continue to build an amazing career in communications all over the world, you know, working with, you know, publicists and and Digitas and working in almost every country around the world. So that's how I got my start quite a long time ago. Well, so, and then flash forward to today, you are the first yes. CMO mm-hmm. for in Vice's history here. Um, yeah. And I want to know what goes into that. What does the CMO of Vice do? Well, it's interesting. They had people who were primarily doing marketing, primarily one division, right? So mostly like TV. And when I met the then CEO, Nancy Dubuk, and she was telling me a bit about the vision, I said, you know, based on what I'm seeing with clients, we really need to look at this as, as marketing and comms and insights. It really should be one, and it should be an enterprise center for growth. And it has always been for the clients that I've represented. So why isn't it for you? And when she shared a bit with um, her perspective about where the group was going, you know, I began to sketch out a bit of what I thought would be interesting. And I said, I'm not, you don't necessarily have to hire me, but here's what I would do. And she said, well, maybe we should talk. <laughs> and that's kind of how it happened. So it's an exciting time to be here. 
It is an exciting time. You know, in prep for this episode, I couldn't believe that Vice had been around for so long. Right. That was one of the the shocking things for me that I didn't realize that, you know, the length of the storytelling and the things that the, you all have been working on. But truly, you know, and people, you know, talked about new media and what is this and what is this sort of stuff. But it seems like right now you are at a point at the precipice of like something new. I know you don't like the phrase uh, like digital first because everything's digital, but yeah. we we really are in this next chapter that is just totally different. And, and you're starting, you know, you're a little yeah. bit outside of the first hundred days at the organization. Yeah. So how did you view going to this role? Well, it's interesting. If, if Remember, I told you the story of how I started right around, you know, back in 1999. And if you remember um, the era that we were in and what we ended up accomplishing, digital was kind of like transforming the way we were doing business back then. In many respects, if you think about, you know, the World Economic Forum has talked about it. Um, many others have quoted it. We are in the middle of what I call um, the Great Reset. I, I call it, the, we're in the midst of the revolution. And through any great revolution, you're going to get change. You're going to get positive agitation. You're going to get people who are creating new models. With any level of adversity in history, that's what you get. Um, and through it, you're also going to get a bit of a renaissance and a reimagining and reawakening. And who better than Vice Media Group to help usher you through a bit of this era of, of trying to reimagine what life could be, reimagine how you're going to engage with consumers, reimagine what culture means, what travel means, how we feel about brands. There's so much that people are reimagining around the world. If any of us would have said 18 months ago that we'd be sitting here living the way we are, none of us would have believed it. But the truth is we are in the middle of a, a transformation and we are in the middle of a big reset. And based on Vice Media Group's history, our track record with consumers, our foundation and trust from news, um, we believe that we can help people usher through the next, help them see around the corners, see what, and hear things that have never been heard before, see things they haven't seen before and tell stories that have never been told before all with the goal of helping us move forward as society. That's what Vice Media Group means to everybody. It's a crazy thing to create new brand in media. Mm -hmm. There's this timeliness to media and media creation that is so fascinating because, you know, our kids grow up and Vice has always been around. Vice has been a mainstay for, for the whole time. But it kind of is, you know, as you said, we're, we're ushering in a new era and, and all this stuff has to be important. How do you kind of like take on that responsibility of, of kind of like shaping what's next? Well, it's with great humility, right? And um, with active listening skills. You know, one of the things that Feistmeet Group prides itself on is its ability to really listen and pay attention to what our consumers are saying and feeling. We have these amazing young minds called 2030 Fellows. And they just published a report today about what's coming up next. Now, you and I, Ian, may not agree with what they're saying, but those are the facts. You know, things like what fluidity means, what it means to live in a polycultural world, what it means to be third generation, what it means to reinvent what home is, reinvent what love is, what commitment is, what relationships are. And it's not based on judging anybody. This is just how they're living. And so being able to bring that voice um, to the world, to amplify those voices, 
to be um, a bit of the arbiter of, of, of trust and transparency. And, and, and let me be clear, some of what we report on is not popular. Yeah. Some of it represents the ugly truth that is, but it is truth and it needs to be said. And so I think we're, we're quite unique. And, and I often say, when you talk about other media companies, there's no one quite like Vice Media Group that has the breadth of the offering of a, a Pulse Films. It has the heritage, you know, that we have, that has the foundation, you know, in, in news. It has an agency network, production and experiences, a digital platform and ways to really tap into culture in a way that no one else has, yet do it with an air of humility that others always don't do. And I think that's what's interesting. And I've worked in many different types of agencies and worked with many different types of clients. And when I speak to partners today and I tell them about Vice Media Group, they're like, really? You did, you did Flea, right? Oh, that's right. That is Vice Media Group. You did Gangs of London. Oh, of course you did. Oh, you, you worked on that, you know, that video with Beyonce. Really? That was you? As well as the, like, so you're doing both, but n- not a lot of people know about our story. I think that's so true. And I think it's so true of media now is, I mean, we're, you know, I I create podcasts for a living. Each individual podcast has its own brand. You know, it has its own community. It has its own relationship. And what's so interesting about someone like Vice Media Group is you have products in your portfolio that are brands that are something totally different that someone, you know, one person loves and then another person might despise. And that's good. That's by design, right? Absolutely. I've always maintained that working in media is a burden and a privilege, right? And if if you reflect on what I said earlier about us being in a moment, um, a bit of a cultural revolution, um, as well as a renaissance, what role are you going to play in this? What role am I going to play in this? Are you going to help lead culture? Are you going to help affect change? Or are you going to be on the sidelines complaining about it? You know, my belief as I've worked around the world is I've always been about being the change. Um, You know, I'm not just going to sit back and complain about something. I'm going to be part of the change and part of the action. And if I want to have a say in how people are portrayed in in a fair and um, equitable way, I need to be at the table to help drive some of that change. And when I looked around and, and, and looked at the competitive set, I realized that there was no one quite like Vice Media Group with that raw grit with that unfiltered um, desire to tell truth. Um, And I thought it was quite refreshing at a time when the idea of truth is under attack and and quite frankly has been, um, you know, watered down by those who really are disingenuous. And I'm proud to be part of a team here that is not like that. And I look to my colleagues and I say, I'm so very proud of the work of news and in studios and and at Virtue and at Digital with Refinery29 and with ID. And what they're doing is they're reinventing the modern media model before people's eyes. And I'm pretty excited about that. Well, and they're lucky to have you uh, because I think that part of the problem, you know, if not to get, you know, super deep into the problems with media, but I do think that one of the key problems with media today is is a business model problem. It is something that you need to have someone with strong business knowledge and mm-hmm. strong relationships with customers. So I'm just so curious, when you came into this role, 
very different from your previous one. How did you think about building those relationships? For me, it's a continuation of my relationships. So, you know, advice, you know, we have our consumer proposition and we have the B2B proposition. And the B2B proposition is about that engine, that, that data-centric engine and culture. So you're right, coming into Vice Media Group, I over-index on the data point, right? I said, okay, let's think about the engine we have and the data points we have around the insights. And the question is not, do you want to buy this package? The question is, tell me what your business goals are. And let's figure out how we can tap into um, what we have across our multimedia portfolio to help you drive growth for your business. It's a, it's a different narrative than perhaps um, one may be used to telling, but it's one that I've been telling for, for decades. So when I sit down with potential partners, it's from the perspective of how we grow together, right? How do we learn a bit more about the audience so that we can help your, grant, your brand grow or help us drive additional sales to your particular organization or give you a bit of insight about what my competitors may be telling you. So traditional media agencies and traditional agencies and research companies are going to tell you, here's what the data says. I'm going to tell you, yeah, this is what the data is saying, but let me tell you how they're feeling. Let me tell you a bit about what's underneath the culture. Let me tell you what's motivating them. Let me tell you what's scaring them. Let me tell you the things that are so politically incorrect that no one else wants to tell you. Mm -hmm. Make those informed decisions. And because I have these relationships, I'm not going to sugarcoat it, right? I'm going to say, here are the facts. This is how we can help drive and make a difference to your value proposition in the marketplace. I've been on both sides, right? So I'm able to leverage the great fruit salad or the great, I call it the great <laughs> stew, if you will. Like if you think of a great big stew and I love to cook, you know, Vice Media Group has all these amazing ingredients in the stew. Sometimes people just want one bit of it, but when you put it all together, it's quite an amazing meal to have with a nice bottle of wine, by the way. <laughs> um, now I'm hungry. Uh, <laughs> so as you think about your relationships with your agency partners, as you, as you think about your relationships with your customers, the B2B, the folks that want to work with Vice Media Group. And, and as you said, you you start with that business proposition. Where are you trying to get to and why? Which I think, again, I mean, I, not to be, I know that a lot of people do that, but it's, it's, not, it's still not that commonplace. I think a lot of people are used to buying and selling media and just say, hey, here's the rate card. This is what we do. This is how many impressions you can buy. This is this is how many uh, pages you'll get. You know X Y Z. That's still pretty common. I mean, how? What do you hear? That's not. Oh, go ahead. That's not my approach. That's not like. And I've said to the team. I mean, look, there are going to be instances with shorts about the rate card, but that's sure. not the conversation I'm having. The conversation I'm going to have is talk to me about your business. Talk to me what's keeping you up at night. Talk to me about what you don't know. If I think about some of the, the questions I've gotten from some conversations I have at the C-level, it's, you know what, Nadja, I don't really know how to reach out what's going on out there. I have no, like COVID, what COVID has done, what, what the, the recent Black Lives Matter and, and all of the um, challenges in, 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 uh, that are happening around the world have done is marketers don't know what to do right now. They're, a, they're actually a little bit like, I don't know what to do. Yeah. The great thing about us, the great thing about working at Vice Media Group is we're going to tell you the real. We're going to tell you about the pain. We're going to tell you what frustrates people. We're going to tell you how you actually need to connect with culture differently. But we're not going to tell it to you because we're selling you a rate card. 
We're going to tell it to you because that's what's going to help drive your business. And then we can sit back and co-create what we could do together. And sometimes that co-creation happens with agency partners. Sometimes it will happen with media partners. Sometimes it will happen direct with clients. We don't have any defined model. We work across all mediums. And that's different here. Yeah, no, it is different. I think, you know, what we saw over over the past year, especially when you look at Black Lives Matter, you had a lot of brands that kind of had no idea how to weigh in. They had no idea what to do. Mm -hmm. Um, But then you have people that, you know, conversely, you know, they're, they're, you know, confused or don't know how to weigh in. And you have someone like Vice Media Group where you're reporting stories from the front lines, you're doing things like that. And they're saying like, oh, I don't know if I want my brand to be associated with blank. And maybe for the, maybe in this case, it's Black Lives Matter, but it could be something different. Hey, you know, we're going to do a story about rhino poaching in Africa. And they're like, I don't know if that's really right. what I want my, and you're kind of saying like, I hear you, but this is really, really important work. Do you want to be part of that? And I'm just curious, like how much of that goes into the conversation? Because, you know, it seems like that's that's the most important part is like, you got to get people to vote with their dollars. Right. And guess guess what? Some people are not as authentic and forthcoming as you would imagine. There's a big difference from what you tweet and post on LinkedIn and, and at the end of the day, if you truly or if you truly want to reach a certain type of demographic, if you truly want to move your brand, if you truly want to make an impact, come talk to my team and I. We'll help you all day long. Let's be honest. Not everybody's for that. And that's OK. That's OK. Not every partner is meant to be with us. But for those that want to be on the journey with us, those that want to connect with consumers in a, in a much more authentic way. Those who want to do it with an air of transparency and humility, I say, come talk to us. And I think what they'll see is a part of the audience that perhaps they didn't know about. That's what makes me excited. Yeah, we're, we're definitely not for every kind of brand, but I'd, I'd like to believe we're for the ones that are really going to be revolutionary in the future. That's a, yeah, it's a great it's a great positioning. and It's a great way of thinking about it because, you know, you know, uh, you go to uh, company.vice.com and you see the definitive guide to an uncertain world, right? And if you're if you're a, if you're a company, if you're a brand, you know, partnering with uncertainty can be scary. You know, we always want to talk about the future. You know, everybody always wants the future of yeah. of blank. We want to be associated with, uh, you know, that's why selling spots in um, Back to the Future and those sort of things. Like, yeah, of course, I want you know, if my brand's Nike, I want I want the character to wear Nikes because hey, that's a hundred years in the future. I'm a Nike better be around and people better, better still be wearing them. But I think people are scared about uncertainty. And it's a great point that you make that, you know, you pick each other right in those relationships. It's, it's not just right. a one-sided street. Uh, and I'm sure you've, you've had your share of, of, uh, you know, brand transformations over the years where you give your advice on something and the other person says like, yeah, no, we're just, we're not that edgy or we don't want to take a stand like that. It's hard when you know they're making a mistake, right? And um, when you can see the mistake being made and they don't want to listen, or you can see the impact that they're going to make and you can't do anything to affect it. I think here it's different. I'm having a different conversation um, with people. Um, And, you know, I look at the breadth of assets across the portfolio at Vice Media Group and I'm thinking, gosh, this is amazing. You know, you know, some of my, my former clients would be happy to have access to this information. And so a lot of times it's about sharing that perspective, that point of view. You know, one of the things we'll be publishing at the end of this year is the definitive guide to culture. And that definitive guide to culture is going to be based on the data that we have. 
that we've had all along. Mm-hmm. I have an amazing team of, of global insight individuals around the world, and they're tapped into the insights teams in each of our companies. This is the engine that we have, but it's how you use that data, right? It's not just about having it. How are you using it? And, and how is that actually enabling brands to grow? And it's constantly being fed by current information, by what you're seeing in news, but what you're seeing in studios, but what you're seeing in projects, what we're learning on a daily basis. So it's an engine that feeds the enterprise. It is at the center of our strategy and certainly the center of my team and part of what's driving our point of view moving forward. When you think about what happens now, what happens now is magnificent. What happens now is a transformation. What happens now is we're reinventing the modern media model. We're reinventing how we engage with consumers. We're reinventing what it means to be humans and interact with people. All of that's happening now. And Vice Media Group's in the middle of it. So you you spoke a little bit about data. What are the types of things that that you think some of the brands are missing, that marketers are missing, that they're not getting um, that you all can provide to them? Because, you know, I think we're at the point now where data is arguably the most important thing that every every marketer has that they that they don't yet have enough insights from. What's interesting about what I'm seeing from this particular generation is number one, they don't want to be boxed in. They actually hate being boxed into anything. Fluidity is the key to everything. So you have to be fluid and flexible. And um, they they have a different set of values. There's a premium on trust and transparency in a way that perhaps older generations may, may perhaps say, oh, it's okay. It's just this brand doing this one thing. You don't worry about it. Oh, absolutely not. This particular generation places a premium on trust and they have no um, problem you know, making decisions with their wallet. They will not support you if they feel as though you are somehow in violation of what their values are. So you have to think very clearly about what role you're going to play. Um, one of the things we're going to be working on is a trust index, overlaying trust against culture and what this means with respect to brands. And, and those are just some of the things that you'll be seeing from us later on this year um, to help brands navigate the next and help them figure out how to market to people. It's not just about how you're reimagining home. You're reimagining the experiences at home, the products that you need and what it means. So a lot of the data that you used to use is um, has to be rethought, right? And you have to recalibrate it. And that's not something that traditional companies have been considering until now. But certainly we've been doing it for some time. Well, and also you just have a portfolio of brands, right? I think that that's one of the exciting things is you're not just seeing it on one on one brand or one platform that you you get to cross reference all this stuff. I'd imagine that you have a pretty robust uh, you know data and analytics team. Oh yeah, they're they're kind of incredible. I, I said to them, that's one of the reasons why I came. I said, you, you all are just amazing. Not like the Wizard of Oz, but better than the Wizards, like a real person with a real engine. And you know, her name's Julia. Yeah. Yeah, but they're amazing people um, that are all over the world. So imagine, imagine the insights you're learning in Mumbai, and the insights yeah. you're learning in Lagos, and the insights you're learning in Berlin, in London, in Louisville, in New York, in Detroit, all these places around the world. What you're learning in 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 Riyadh, in 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 Saudi Arabia, you're learning these insights around the world, and you're looking. Okay, what does this mean? I have a group of individuals that, that we meet um, twice a month. We call ourselves like the predictors. Like, what are we learning? What happened? 
What's, you know, what's bubbling up? You know, and how are people reacting to it on a regular basis? So we just have regular conversations about this. This isn't a special report that we're running. This is how we do our jobs on a day-to-day basis. So let's, let's, talk, let's talk audience. You recently came into the role, but mm-hmm. it seems like, uh, you know, you're obviously an audience-focused person and trying to figure this out and dive into the data. You all have a program called Vice Voices, which I'd love to learn more about. But how do you think about this audience building and, 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 uh, and creating things for them? Well, you know, Vice Voices is, you know, we have insight communities, um, probably about 40,000 combined audience members who signed up to talk to us about brands and how they're thinking. And we engage them a couple times a month. And we talk to them through surveys, discussion boards. And again, when I talk about that engine, I'm talking about how we're tapping into Vice Voices. I'm talking about how we're using those 2030 fellows, um, our Gen X, Gen Y, Gen Z people within the company. We have all these sub-communities. Here's the beautiful thing. Vice Media Group is, is, can be best seen as a great community brand. And we keep growing as a community brand because we are the confluence of multiple communities. And what we've been able to do is tap into these communities as part of the data. So we have the qual and the quant. We have what they're saying, and then we overlay the quant with it. So what you get as a partner with us is insights that no one else has. What consumers continue to feed to us is what they're doing, right? They don't have to do anything. It's just kind of who we are. And so we continue to develop more appropriate programming off of that. Um, We think about who we want to collaborate with. Um, And for brands that come to us, they get insights. They can ask us questions that they can't ask typical partners. And we have all the great creativity. Like think about the magic that a Pulse Films and a Virtue is doing on a day-to-day basis. Where else do you get access to that all under one umbrella? You know, switching gears to, to some of the experiences in your background, you spent a number of years in Africa, you spent a number of years in London, uh, obviously, you know, in and around New York, you got the world tour. I'm curious, like, as you came into this role, it really feels like, you know, you, you have this experience that not as many people have. How do you think about leveraging that? Like, how do you think about developing, you know, strategies for Africa and, and, and other places, which I know Vice Media Group is already, you know, in a lot of? Now, you know. I believe I said earlier that we're in over 25 countries around the world. I think I've worked in almost all the countries that Vice is in, which is crazy. Um, It means that as a global CMO, um, or certainly have visited and and had meetings and worked with people, it means that my perspective of of how I look at how we solve our problems is through a very different lens. You know, I may be, you know, this, you know, African-American woman who grew up in Queens, whose family's from Jamaica and Haiti. But, you know, I have just as much family hanging out in Nairobi and in West Africa and Ghana or Nigeria. Um, I have just as much family hanging out in London. I have beautiful friends around the world and across Europe. I have an amazing network. And that means if you're thinking about um, developing a project um, and with a partner in Cairo, chances are I know someone in Cairo that I think would be good for us to team up with. If you're thinking about developing a project in, in Lagos, chances are I'm going to probably know who to get on the phone and, and speak to based on my experience. And certainly this goes without saying about our partners, you know, in Europe. So my experience over the last 25 plus years around the globe gives me a unique perspective, right? So I might say, wait a minute, I don't think that's actually going to work for what we're trying to do in APAC. And I'm not sure if that's going to work as we, we push into India. 
And I don't know if that format's actually right. And perhaps we need to th- think about things differently. You know, in my prior world, you know, I managed Unilever Worldwide for WPP working on Dove. And I also worked with um, Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation in um, helping to eradicate the, um, the impact of malnutrition in developing countries around the world. Mm-hmm. So yes, I've been in Kathmandu, Nepal, and I've been in Seoul, South Korea. Um, and all of this is about how we transform lives and make impact. So all of that experience I bring to bear when I come to work every day at Vice Media Group. How do you think marketers should, who don't have that opportunity right this second, how should they think about building that base of knowledge? So I'm just curious, like, how do you coach, you know, your team members to think outside of just, you know, their little bubble or the bubble bubble they have on Twitter or social media or things like that? Because like, I think a lot of us now are so trapped in our bubble and, and people don't realize it, right? You just don't, you don't know. Like if you look at somebody else's, if you, if you jumped on their Twitter and you saw their algorithm, you'd be like, what is all this stuff, right? We just don't know. You don't know. And, you know, I think I'm constantly pushing my teams. I actually drive them crazy. And, um, you know, I, you know, I'll say on a call, all right, I, I, I'll listen to every, what everyone's saying. And I say, are we coming at this from a pure North American point of view? Or have you guys considered what the views are from different parts of the world? You know, when we're thinking about um, making staff changes, I'll often say to my team, are we considering this as a global role? Or are you automatically going to go to someone out of Brooklyn? Because that's your comfort zone. I'm constantly pushing the envelope. But I, if I, my advice to others is, Think beyond your four walls. Think beyond your city, your state, your country. Like there are amazing networks around the world. If anyone wants to know about qualified people, email me. I have literally people all over the world who are these marketers and amazing minds. And all they need is a chance. And by the way, it's not a handout either. These are some brilliant, brilliant minds. You know, when I was in Nairobi, Kenya, one of the best TEDx talks I saw was around M-Pesa. And I was at a forum um, that um, WPP had in, in Cape Town. And I was listening to this debate between a group of individuals from Nigeria and a group of individuals from South Africa and a group of individuals from Kenya talking about um, how you're using your phone to make commerce. And they were like saying to the East Africans, they're like, should have been us. I can't believe you guys came up with that technology first. And it was like this amazing out-of-body experience that most Americans probably would not have had that front row seat to observe. But one of the things I've learned, particularly living on the continent, is you create innovation out of great needs. And PESA was created because there was a need to service a level of, of people in the rural areas that couldn't get to banks, who were really the unbanked, but they all had a phone. Not like that wasn't tried here in the West. We weren't ready to receive it. This is how uh, most people in in parts of Africa transact. Someone would have thought that that's how that would have kind of really spurred that level of technology. But the banks and the telcos come together to really create their own um, institutions. And that's really happening out of Africa and India. Mm -hmm. Come on. Most Americans don't know that story because most Americans are too arrogant to realize it. And one of the things I learned about living and working on the continent is to be humble and listen to what everyone else is doing and say, ah, I can learn something here. You talked about, uh, you know, your relationship with Nancy, the CEO of, of Vice Media. Um, mm-hmm. She's someone who, 
who has, you know, been been named one of the hottest hands in terms of picking shows and all that sort of stuff over the years, you know, a true visionary in our industry. Uh, and the, the relationship between a CMO and, and a CEO is obviously, uh, you know, arguably the most critical one. How do you view kind of like working with the CEO to make sure that you're you're achieving, you know, her her vision and, and mission for the company. I am so grateful for having Nancy as a as a a partner, as a as a boss, as, as someone who I admire every day. She believed in in this idea of let's create this enterprise center for growth. Let's reimagine what what brand can do to help drive the business. It was her. Um, that really had the inspiration for this, you know, and, and, you know, and she gave me the, the, the runway to really help develop it in, in a way that I thought could work for the team. But we did it with existing team members when listening to people around the globe. The truth is, I have an amazing team of people. Um, Spencer Bame is my chief brand officer who's been at Vice for over 15 years. And then, you know, our brand transformation could not have happened you know, without him, I have partners I brought in from the outside, but we have an amazing group of individuals. And what Nancy realized is that the power of the collective group, the power of our total value proposition was the missing piece to Vice's transformation and evolution. And she trusted that I would then be able to work with my partners in helping to, um, elevate and amplify what was already there. So, you know, she and I are very close. I don't make any decisions without her. And she is, I call her the Queen's Gamut. Have you remember that Netflix show? <laughs> Nancy can see the chessboard before anybody yeah. else can. She is one of the most brilliant <laughs> minds, forget in media and business, period, hands down. She is brilliant. I actually don't think the woman sleeps. She is a, a force. And every day I learn from her. And I'm so grateful um, that I made the decision to come here because she makes me better as a marketing leader and as a business leader. And she makes this company great. And so our, our secret sauce is Nancy and her ability to help us differentiate ourselves in the market. I'll check it out. That sounds great. Is there a specific piece of advice that you got uh, either early in your career or recently that you've, you've uh, that stuck with you? Be good to everybody around you. You know, I, I make it a point to try to help as many people as I can. You know, I didn't grow up having a blueprint. I didn't grow up knowing the right things to say or do. I mean, I'm, I made so many mistakes. I still do. Because for me, I'm first generation going to college. And, um, you know, you know, my mom still doesn't know what I do from day to day basis. If you're not like a doctor or an engineer, my mother doesn't know what I do. Sure. Um, but I try to help everybody, every single person. I mean, and I may not get back to you immediately, but I'm going to get back to you eventually. And I believe that part of my um, superpower is the ability to give impact and to give back and to be a helpful ear to someone who may not have had it. So I try to do that for so many people, no matter who they are, no matter where they come from, I'm going to be the one to listen to them and try to help them and give them a leg up. If you weren't in marketing or media at all, what do you think you'd be doing? I think I can see myself having a bar hut in Costa Rica. <laughs> <laughs> I actually secretly want to be like um, Anthony Bourdain, God rest his soul. Um, you know, that would like trap yeah. the world. Like I love to cook. 
And I love watching, like, I think I was watching um, this show about, I think Tucci was in Italy exploring his roots. Like anything that involves food and wine is me. So maybe I would have been like a food and wine critic. I feel like there's still time. I, that's, <laughs> I, I mean, about it. I know, I know a great media group that could help you tell that story. Uh, I, think <laughs> I think my next chapter might actually be, um, maybe I can go work at a winery or something to, you know. Oh, there we go. There you go. I can open up a wine bar. What's your, do you have like a drink, a drink of choice that you'd be serving at your, your, uh, uh, well, I guess if it's a wine bar, but maybe cocktails too. I don't know. Oh yeah. I have learned to all shout out to my British peeps, the value of a good G and T Hendrick <laughs> and fever tree light tonic with a twist of lime, please. Excellent. Uh, what's your best advice for a first time CMO? Don't be afraid to ask for help. You know, I think I, I've counseled several CMOs who think I just got to figure it out by myself and be a hero. No. The most important aspect of being a CMO is your ability to listen and also recognize the role that your organization is going to play in driving growth for the company. And you can't do that alone. And you have a variety of people that are going to be sitting at the table as your advisors some of them are going to be the quiet advisors and some of them are going to be more active. You got to know which ones to use. I love it. Awesome. Thank you so much for, for joining, uh, Naja. Thanks. Bye. That was Naja Bellin-White, CMO of Vice Media Group, speaking about how she uses her voice to challenge brands to think differently. If you like this episode and want to hear more from trailblazing marketers, including CMOs, CEOs, VPs, and industry leaders, be sure to subscribe to Marketing Trends wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Michael Revo from Salesforce Studios and your host of Blazing Trails. Thanks for listening today, and I'll catch you back here next week. <laughs>